Hey everybody, welcome back to Rediscovering Yourself Through Chronic Illness. Um, I just realized one of the episodes landed out of order um, because of an upload error. So a mental health episode for military families that was intended to pop up in uh, season one, popped up in season three, so I tried to keep track of the numbering system and uh, missed a step last week. So that's why this episode is labeled as season three, episode eight, when last week was listed as season three, episode nine. (laughs) Figure after this, um, everything will be back squared away. Anyway, um, hope everything's good with everybody. Just a quick health update. I saw my cardiologist um, last week. So it turns out when I um, had my breathing test at Stanford, um, by and large due to a um, long uh, documented history of a chronic cough as well as all the other extenuating circumstances with the dysautonomia. Um, I went through the breathing test and when I went through the first part of it, like I told the respiratory therapist, uh, when I went to go breathe out, it felt like I literally had to stick my hands down in um, through my laryngeal down into my chest cavity and like almost push my lungs forward. So after a five-minute minute administering of um, an albuterol treatment, it ended up giving me some relief. So um, moving forward, uh, the CT scan was able to determine no <coughs> um, significant thick tissue or fluid, which was good. And I could tell my cardiologist was grateful for that because when he saw <laughs> that x-ray, he said that his response to that was something to the effect of, what the hell is this? Are we going to have to, <laughs> are we going to have to try and determine the source of the fluid? So yeah, I'm glad I got the CT to um, rule out any weird causes there. So um, but yeah, lo and behold, it does look like I do in fact have um, hyperinflation of the lungs, which what I was able to glean from my cardiologist, um, there's about 7 million alveoli in the lungs, which is like the lung sacs. And I guess there's some issues with some of them in mine when it comes to inflation, deflation, whatever. So, um, I'll be using the albuterol for a bit. Um, this is another, uh, great example of why having a companion pet in your life is an amazing, um, thing to have. I would definitely be lost without my Tolly girl and my little 10 pound furry crazy. Um, so just seeing where that goes from here. Um, I will be connecting with my rheumatologist, uh, this week to see what's going on. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like I went with my last, um, episode, um, when it came to a shattering of a friendship due to uh, worldly discord. Uh, With this particular individual, they've had a long documented history of um, breathing issues. Um, I refuse to refer to them directly, but um, they've had a long drawn out history with breathing issues for as long as I've known them. And I had always tried to be a decent individual and uh, keep my ear open. You know, because their particular breathing issues, I spent more often than not keeping one ear trained over because I was afraid every time they take a nap that they wouldn't wake up. You know, 
call me crazy, but part of Helen Wire just trying to be a decent friend. Well, I had posted a live update about the hyperinflation of the lungs, which clearly showed the issue for what it was. And um, after seeing that they had seen the update and didn't even say a word, being, being an individual that has clearly had an issue with breathing, and if anybody understood, you know, most common people in a general sense have a general idea of what it means to have a breathing issue, but... Um, most people, I just, I was completely floored. You know, this is an individual that I've treated like family. And this is an individual that I've put up with, um, frankly, as I've been told, more than I've deserved. You know, and so for them to have a blatant disregard for something that clearly has impacts toward my ability to... Um, potentially even uh, breathe correctly. Um, the only thing I can say is I had almost a natural human response and I just kind of went off on them and it's like, you know, basically what the hell has my value been all these years? So suffice it to say, um, I, I really don't know what to say at this point. And I think that's one of the worst things when, uh, you know, our relationships, especially when you're dealing with chronic illness, but relationships in general, in general, and not even so much the romantic relationships, but our worldly relationships, period, are almost always the backbones that we count on. And um, so for this particular individual to take such a blatant disregard, I just, the only analogy that I could use, and it almost sounds brash, but um, just almost made me feel like, you know, how many times can I have gasoline poured on me before I learned my lesson with this person? You know, it's like however many times you can try to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. You know, and after talking to a mutual friend that was like, oh, well, you know, trying to be helpful because they've got a lot going on. And it's like, okay, on the surface you get that. But I just... <clears throat> There's no worse pill to swallow in this world than thinking that the person close, one of the people closest to you, someone that you've treated like family, someone that you've gone to hell and back for a multitude of times, granted, while not expecting anything in return, hoping for basic humanity, yeah, but there's nothing worse in the world than thinking one of the people that you've kept the closest to you and treated like the closest family member just blatantly and flagrantly could care less. That is, I'd almost have to say that that's one of the most life-altering moments that a person can have in your can have in their life. Almost nothing shakes your core worse than that, at least in my experience. So I just, I don't know. I don't know. I just. I've never, I swear I've said this to most of the people in my life, I've never proclaimed to be a perfect friend, you know, and if I've ever come across just trying to proclaim that I've been a perfect friend, I'd be the first person to hit myself up in the back of the head because I know I'm not and I can admit that I'm not. Oh, but God damn it, I've tried to be a decent one. And I just, 
almost like the sand is the proverbial cliched saying goes, almost like the sand in an hourglass. I just, it's just hard for me to f not feel like the last few grains of um, sand have just about fallen out with this one. It's just, like I said, it's like how many, how many times can I feel like I've had gasoline pouring on myself? trying to be the eternal optimist, being a flawed human being and willing to open up to my flaws and own my flaws, but trying to acknowledge the fact that come hell or high water, I always try to be a decent human being no matter what it is. But, yeah, with this particular individual, it's just been painful as hell. And God loves certain people in my life that wouldn't be telling me right now, well, shit, we told you so. <laughs> Some have, but some have been a little bit more decent because they know that I try to, at my root, you know, I can't walk away without fighting for my relationship, especially one that's went on for, went on for as long as this one has. But, um, yeah, let's just say the blisters and the burns from the proverbial, I should emphasize proverbial gasoline being dumped on me. Let's just say the proverbial blisters and burns are starting to be felt a little bit more acutely now. They're becoming a little bit harder not to notice. And that's been the worst part. Especially after going through the Chiari surgery last year. It's... I just... I don't know. I don't know. I've hoped that um, they could find some sense of humanity within themselves. That'd be nice. But only time will tell, I guess. Yeah. I can definitely say in the last few days has been... Some of the one of the strongest example periods of me feeling like the biggest fool of my life, and I just yeah, it's been hard, you know, to have this come from somebody that, as I've alluded to before, is a mutual acquaintance along with the guy that assaulted me. I can almost say with a straight face that this person's hurt me even more than the guy that assaulted me because this person's dug in and caused more painful internal scars than even the guy who assaulted me did. Because again, this person I let even closer, you know, this person's never done anything physical to inflict pain. But it's the other stuff that's slowly eroded things over time. That's made me think, yeah. The mutual acquaintance assaulted me and caused that level of pain and lack of trust. But there also comes a point where it makes me look at this particular individual and be like, well, you know what? The pain you've inflicted on me. In a lot of ways, I can admit that, yeah, I've let it happen because I've tried to be hopeful and tried to be a good friend and tried to be the eternal optimist, but... just kind of leads me to kind of think in a lot of ways that 
the acquaintance of the person that assaulted me has hurt me in a lot of ways worse than the guy that actually assaulted me himself. <laughs> but live and learn, I guess, right? Point being there, I think the main thing, as I've alluded to in the past, is relationships at the end of the day are really the only currency we have in life that matters, for better or worse. All we can do is make a conscious effort every day, every minute, every hour to be the best people we can be. Not perfect, but try to be the best people can we can be for ourselves and for the people in our lives. In the periphery or not, but especially those closest to us. Because that's really all that matters. And do I hope this person that I've considered like family comes to that realization at some point? Yeah, it would be nice. Do I think it's possible that they might not? Probably. That's on them. But, um, but yeah, relationships really are the most important currency that we have in this life. They really and truly are. Especially when you go through a situation when you're dealing with a chronic illness. And I also say that relationships are also important to have when you're dealing with a chronic illness or yourself or if you're trying to be an emotional support system for someone that's dealing with a chronic illness. Caretakers and providers of people with chronic illness need a support system themselves. That is absolutely of the tantamount most importance. The patient needs a support system, and the support system needs their own support system. The importance of either side of that can't be discounted because that's not right. So, yeah, anyway. All right, well, thank you guys for listening. I've been tooling around with the Instagram page for this podcast. It's just under 600 followers, so I'm pretty happy about that. Not too bad for a pet project that started late July or August of last year, so still toying around with ways to make this something that's worth it. So um, this is an open opportunity for anybody that catches this podcast. Please know that anybody can hop on Instagram and shoot me a DM and let me know any suggestions that they have. Constructive criticism, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm definitely open for ideas because I want to try to use this, utilize this first full year of the podcast to make it something that can stand on its legs and actually stand for something that, because that would mean a lot. So anyway, all right, as always, and like I say every time, thank you guys for listening. And I hope everybody has a good rest of their morning, afternoon, evening, overnight, depending upon your time zone. Take care.